Thursday, October 1st, 2009, upon further review, episode number 73. It's our annual Gen Con review show, and that means games, games, and more games. But don't worry, we'll bring our usual discipline and focus to the show. After all, gaming is serious business. further review i'm greg i'm clear and welcome everybody to episode number 73 of upon further review this happens to be our post gen con game edition i guess our Leo, annual right? post gen con game edition that's right we first of all want to thank everyone who left comments and everything else on our website and thank you please continue to spread the word about the show and uh yeah once a year we like doing these shows after we get back from gen con which is a big gaming convention i really i really should say now sort of fantasy science fiction gaming convention because there's a big author track now. So I actually was on a bunch of writing panels this year with a number of published and relatively famous authors, including Pat Rothfuss, who wrote The Name of the Wind. And I'm going to be doing that again next year because apparently they liked what I had to say this year or something. But anyway, so we do that. And uh, we also, we normally go with a couple of friends. And one of the great things at this place is that they have lots and lots and lots of board games of every description. They have also card games, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, Magic the Gathering, you name it. Any kind of game you want, they have. So it's a lot of fun. And And last year, I think we did something similar to this, and we're going to do the same thing this year, where we're going to talk about some of the games that we played at this convention, which you guys may find of interest, we think, because we got a couple. Fortunately, I always try to not go crazy, you know, and kind of get every game under the sun. So I think I was pretty good this year. I got three games, Well, you try because I force you to. Right. I try in the sense that I would be doing whatever I want, except Cleo. Right. Because you're shackled. Because you're ball and chain as they're... I'm shackled! As as I'm called and Jen called on... Gen Con, I'm called a ball and chain oh, at Gen that's, Con. Right, that's your definition. No, I don't think so. You enjoy gaming, on, uh, you know. So in the in the schedule of events, they have different categories of things that are going on because they have like a hundred things going on in any one hour. Right, because there's that, it's, it's something like twenty thousand people, I guess, attend this convention. It's a big. Yeah big deal so so one of the categories is games another category is role play another category is ball and chain <laughs> which is things for the ball and chain to do while you're gaming nice nice how, how do you how do you feel about that well you know i was a little annoyed because the ball and chain stuff was the, the there's only one thing in ball and chain thing that i really really wanted to do it was totally awesome it was like probably like ballroom dance or something that would have been awesome great and they had it once and I couldn't go to it because I think I had to babysit because you had a, a one of your myriad of lectures. I did. Slash reading slash signing. I did. Things. You were a trooper. And then the rest of it was like macrame, <laughs> cross stitch, make die holders, which I didn't understand because if I'm ball and chain, supposedly I wouldn't care about doing things with die, but okay. Well, no, you make things to hold dice, right? What, for my man or something? Yeah, right. There oh, you go. Whatever. <laughs> So anyway, well, we're going to talk about some of the games that we actually played at this convention. And if any of our listeners have been to Gen Con, we'd like to hear about it. I don't know if anyone has, but if you have, please let us know. Yeah, I know. Be... Well, they should uh, join us next year. Definitely. It'll be, we can have it upon further review uh, live from the scene, as it were. There you go. So we're going to review four games today, actually. It's a little bit cheating in the sense that three of the games we got at um, this convention and one of the games I got afterwards, but I got interested in it while at Gen Con. So I guess it sort of technically counts. It's cheating because Greg held out. So it's almost like you didn't get four games because... I I guess you that's really true. did because that's right. you know technically you would have it was it all there, part of that if I right. if I could have right. So the four we're going to review are the Isle of Doctor Necro, Arcana, 
Dominion and Runebound. Actually, I guess we're doing Runebound and then Dominion, but we'll, anyway. We'll see. We'll see how that, We'll see when we get there. Um, four different kinds of games. Three of them are card games. One of them is a board game that has some cards in it, but it's mostly a board game. But I wouldn't necessarily call them all kinds of different games. I mean, they're all somewhat uh, fantasy-based, and they're all... S- pretty much card building aren't they except for the one except for runebound yeah i guess that's true there are some similarities so that should well, be no, interesting i guess too. i guess isle of the crow isn't is it different well let's let's so, talk so about the different two ones ga- to see so they're two deck buildings and one board game one and board one game and one random you'll never win game <laughs> right which is the one that we're going to start with <laughs> um this is called the isle of dr necro oh, and you can find this at uh www.necro n-e-c-r-e-a-u-x.com and i'd like to say greg that whenever there's an instance that I come up behind you and you're hurriedly buying one because the guy has sold you on it and you're always wrong with that game by and by always clear means the twice that this has happened well two out of two babe <laughs> so next year when yeah, a guy's selling yeah, you yeah, in a game yeah, yeah, you're not buying it sounded it. promising what can I tell yeah, you I mean, um, well, you were talking to the designer no himself. it sounded I was, sound I was obviously I wasn't just like he was like this is great you should buy it yes I should buy it zombie all <laughs> you know <laughs> The Isle of Dr. Crow, the whole premise behind this um, is, and it's kind of a pulp noir, if you know what that is, sort of looking back to, uh, it's inspired by Flash Gordon type stuff, you know, spy comics from the 50s, that sort of thing. And so in Crow, you're part of, I'm reading from the website here, an elite rescue and recovery espionage team in the world of the future. The nefarious Dr. Crow has kidnapped the world's top scientists and forced them to build a doomsday device that threatens all life on the planet. Dr. Crow's ultimatum, surrender to his rule in four hours or he will trigger the doomsday device and destroy the world and the way this works is uh your job is to basically go into this island find the scientists and then escape before the island blows up right and the way the island is built is you pick at the very beginning you get a character and you build a character from a series of character traits mm-hmm. so there's like um a psychic who has certain psychic abilities there's heroic which means that the guy can take more damage than a normal character mm-hmm. um there's a tech which means a guy's better at disarming traps or whatever and this is the one thing about the game that i like so it's kind of like you have three character cards, but you don't, it's not that you're playing three characters, is that you are all three of those characters in that you get all of their skills. Right. So I kind of like that. Which I think is a neat idea. The premise of the, the thing is that you have these, you build these characters, and then there's a deck of cards, and as you go through the deck, um, you encounter different creatures, you sometimes can find items and things like that, and this sort of represents the island as you're exploring it. Mm-hmm. In practice, one of the reasons that I was drawn to this game, and I, I've actually finally determined that I really like games that involve more cooperation than competition. Right. I don't Greg know why. to fight me. the game, not to fight other people. I don't like, yeah, because it just it's annoying it's like i can do it if i need to i guess but it's just not my thing or or i I don't mind teams that's okay but i just i don't like necessarily being on my own against everybody else individually even if there are games like talisman where you're trying to go and build up your character that's not technically against other people although i guess you can affect other people it's interesting does that mean you're not because you're competitive aren't you i am competitive in certain but if you talk to russ and story the friends of ours uh, well they're definitely more competitive than you much more and they would say that i'm not that competitive i'm competitive in certain environments but i'm competitive in team areas Areas, I think I'm competitive in like tennis and stuff, I guess, and basketball. But even there, I guess you're more competitive against yourself. Yeah, that's probably true, Clea. There may be something to that. That's kind of deep. 
Thanks. We got to take a moment. Well, I am. You know, what can I say? <laughs> so what happens is you draw cards to sort of represent the things that you're encountering. And every turn, the deal is that every turn you set the, the speed that you're going through the island. So basically you decide how many cards you're going to draw that turn. Yeah. And the reason that you draw a certain number of cards is because you only have a certain number of turns before the island blows up. Right. The problem is that if you set your speed at a high level, so let's say you, you're like, okay, we need to go fast this turn. We're going to draw 10 cards. There are a lot of things that you'll encounter which if you're going faster than a certain speed, like if you say I'm going to go 10 cards and this says if you're going faster than 6, then you get hurt. You get hurt a lot. And pretty much the problem that we had, I played this twice solo, got destroyed both times. Once with Cleo, we lost. And then we won it one time when we were playing with our friend Story and Russ. And Russ's girlfriend, Cindy. It was See, that's the problem. The problem with the game is that everything kills you. Everything. Everything everything you draw. It's like you're like psychic zombies, formless terror, death ray, trap of Doom. Like, I, I, mean, I really do think you have to play it with like the max number of people and then have luck on your side. Right, which is more or less what happened to us. We played it with the max number of people. And we, got the card, we played the it card very well. And we didn't cheat. Party. I mean, we did, we did play it legit, but the point was we played it legit and managed to win but it was like miraculous that we ended yeah. up doing it. And according now, this is what I don't understand. I've I've read on a couple of websites. I read a guy talking about this game, and the designer was like, somebody said, "Oh, I really like the fact that you win." You know, my winning ratio has been like two to one. And the designer was like, "Well, that's good because I was really looking for like a sixty forty win ratio." And I was like, "Are you nuts? Are we I, I we got destroyed. Our ratio was twenty five percent winning. I mean, like we lost seventy five percent of the time, and we got lucky to win the one time that we won. So, I really like the cooperative aspect. But I mean, to put it mildly i just it's just too hard i mean there's just, just too many yeah. it's just like even when you find an item that you could pick up and use you have to defeat a monster to get the item and half the time you won't defeat the monster because of whatever thing that you're doing at the time it's just i know then you lose the item and then you lose the item I, it's it just, doesn't just sit th- i mean yeah it's, so there's it's there's really just, really hard and sometimes there's just too many things that make it difficult and i mean it's a cool and interesting theme it's a cool and interesting concept and it reminds me very much of another game which was very hard a solo game called chainsaw warrior that i had back i've told you about before that was back in the 80s and that was a game too where you was a it was a card game where you drew cards which represented the building and you were going through and whatever and that also was really really hard but i think it's not just that you know that i dislike hard games it's that you never felt like you had any shot like you just you're like i made yeah, it no vampire leeches i made it no here's bomb of doom i, I mean you know, like how many you know uber vampire leech creatures like story started to do this where he would pick up a card and he'd just be like and you find knife of death or something i mean every single time so i mean it's possible you could do the game and then just you know i guess I don't mean to say it's cheating, but I mean, you could, I guess, not have a particular aspect, take a certain uh, game aspect out of it so it's not as hard. Sure, you could like boost the Doom track where it would take a lot longer for you right. to, for the island to blow up or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you could adjust it, but whenever you have to house rule a game, right. it, it means, means that there's something, something that was game. wrong to begin with. Definitely. And so, uh, we may try this again down the down the line, but this was not yeah. the success I was hoping I, it I would be. Four. And it ran pretty fast. That was a good thing. Yeah, that, but, the, hey, bravo. Definitely. Know. I should make it a five just for that because I mean, all of Greg's games take weeks <laughs> my games yeah a four or a five i would say okay. um what do you want to say a four you think yeah all right so we're going to say a four out of ten if you're interested in sort of card games and or cooperative games where you're playing together against the game mm-hmm. you might find it interesting but i warn you it's really really hard so four out of ten for the isle of dr necro mm-hmm. okay the second game that we've got on the docket is now the- let's go to the game where greg never wins clea always wins <laughs> this is the game arcana and by the way both necro and arcana are not yet available they're going to be available in a couple of weeks we happen to get it because we were at gen con where they were selling copies like promotion 
optional things. But the rest of them are coming out later. So the only place you can find Arcana at the moment is you can find details about it on a website, which you should know if you don't already, BoardGameGeek.com. That's right, I said it. BoardGameGeek, B-O-A-R-D-G-A-M-E-G-E-E-K.com. If you go there and do a search for Arcana, you will find the game there. Arcana is a game that is published by Alderac Entertainment Group, and it is set in the world of Cadwallon. Now, apparently, Cadwallon is a role-playing or some kind of a fantasy world that I'm not familiar with, but I have to say that the other thing I learned about my game playing recently is that not only do I like sort of the cooperative deal, mm-hmm. I really like theme. There's two versions of gamers that, that do board games. There's what you call Euro gamers. Euro gamers are people who play like Settlers of Catan, if you're familiar with that, or Puerto Rico. Games where the theme is not a big deal. It's more about mechanics, and they often end with like victory points. Mm-hmm. A lot of people find those games sort of dull, and I must admit that I'm one of those people who generally finds those games pretty dull, because there's just there's nothing you can sink your teeth into you can't feel like i'm playing this character or i'm representing this i'm like i'm playing this piece of wood so i can get wood that's because you're a published sewage to be agented author oh well there yeah, yeah. I, I got an offer tonight um from a literary agent which is very very exciting and it's kind of the next step in my career so thank okay. you for bringing that up on i appreciate bravo it. okay let's move on uh, right so moving on uh, more details about that as time on. yeah so I, I like having a theme the other kind of gamer is what they call ameritrash don't ask me why where basically there's a heavy theme involved and there's usually a lot of pieces it's pretty and all that so i think that arcana is is more it's sort of i guess it's somewhere in the middle but because oh, yeah, of the it theme have a lot of pieces and it's not annoying but because of the theme i think it fits more in sort of the american side of things because okay. it really the pictures are interesting the um characters i find really interesting and that's what drew me in initially the whole premise of the game is that there are these uh guilds that are in the city cadwallon as i say i'm not familiar with the city the guilds are the guild of blades the guild of ferrymen the guild of thieves and the guild of usurers and each guild has certain abilities and skills that are represented in the people that are in the guild, like the agents that are in the guild. There are five stacks of cards on the board that you set up at the very beginning. The the number of the stacks might actually differ depending upon the uh, number of players, actually. Oh, okay. Well, there's anyway. Diff- there's a different uh, layout of the That's right, yeah. So, but there are, it doesn't even, actually, I shouldn't even have said the number. They're just stacks of cards. Yeah. Um, and the stacks of cards in the middle, um, each one of them, you turn the top card of each stack face up, and those are the stakes that you're playing for. Mm-hmm. And the way that it works is um, you actually, it's sort of like a bidding game, if you've ever played bridge or something like that, Mm -hmm. where you'll put one of your agents um, towards a particular stake. And each agent has particular abilities in a particular stake. So let's say the stake needs cups to win. Each agent has a rating in swords, cups, and then two other things that I don't remember. So you want to put your agents that have higher stakes in higher numbers in cups, let's say, so it gives you a better chance to win. So once you have the proper number of whatever it is, cups or swords, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, then you end up winning the card. And what's cool about it is once you have the card, it goes into your discard pile and when you get through your discard pile you reshuffle it and then the thing that you got Mm -hmm. becomes part of your stack so then you can use that thing to get other things so it's 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 deck building and then you get to actually use that deck while you're playing Right. And um, one of the things, as Clea said, I, this is a strange game for me. It feels very much like a game called Blue Moon, which I think you've reviewed before. Yeah, baby. And the reason that it's... I, I love the theme. I, I have, I'm having a hard time dealing with the game. Part of that is Clea wins every time. And I think part of it is... I don't know whether it's that my... 
I, I don't my head isn't isn't able to sort of get around it. I don't like games where you have a plan in place and then someone at the last second screws you out of the plan. Mm. And that happens all the time with this game. You know, there is a, there are, for example It's like chess. You got to you got to you got to play out all the possible future Yeah, scenarios. but it's not like if I have a scenario set up in chess that all of a sudden you can say here's my uber queen yes, shotgun card. I, well, I could know a particular play that you hadn't thought of. I guess, but this this one's but the thing is that this is like you you may have things that I don't know like sitting in your hand. Like, right, not just but, moves. But I know what the cards are out there, so I take that into consideration and mm-hmm. take the risk. I don't know. I, maybe you just have a better sense of risk management than I do. I, my sense is that I want to, when I have a setup working on it, I don't want someone to jump in and, like, be like, no, I'm taking it away from you. I just find that really annoying. Um, and, you know, Clea does it all the time. So, I mean, I don't get crushed. I normally no, do okay. But it's just, you know, and I think actually when we played with Clea, um, Clea won, but I think I came in second when we played with other people. But it's a game that I would like to play more if we I wasn't getting... We played with other people. Uh, yes, we did with Jared and Shoshana when we were at Gen Con. That was the first time we played it. You oh, no, no, the first time we played it was um, I played it with the person. Oh, and right, I fine. And beat him. And you even beat him. See, so that's what this is. This is why Clea loves this game. Um, I, I do. I mean, no, actually, you know, it's, it's a good game. Joking it's aside, game. it is a good game. Yeah. Um, it's an enjoyable game, and it's well, it's well set up. Yeah. It's well, and there, and it has actually a fair amount of strategic depth mm-hmm. um, in terms of balancing risk and reward and thinking: Should I go for this card? If I go for this card, that's mm-hmm. worth more. Mm-hmm. Then it will be more of a target. But mm-hmm. if I go for these other cards that are lesser and I build up a lot of them then that'll make a difference too exactly. I could and then see at the Justin end the... who is a, a game designer being becoming bored with this game saying that it's a great game but then, similar to Dominion, you figure out all the possible scenarios and then... Right, exactly. In fact, um, Justin, our friend Justin, a game designer, is working uh, on a game himself, which we're not, you know, we can't talk much about, except that we'll say that it is a sort of, there, there are echoes of this game and of Dominion, which we'll talk about a little later, in that game. And both Clea and I agree that it's better, actually. We think that his it's better game... better than Dominion. It's certainly better than Dominion. I don't know if it's better than Arcana, it but it's better than Dominion. Dominion. I don't think it um, really is... The only same similarity is the deck building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see. Well, so anyway, the deck building thing is becoming very popular. Yeah. And the other thing about it is that this is a non-collectible card game, which means that no one can go out as yeah. they can in Magic and out buy you. Right. So I, you know, I think this is neat, and I think again, it's thematic and interesting and intriguing uh, in that way. And it can be. It's also doesn't it doesn't take that long to play. Exactly. Um, and so that's that's another positive to it. Um, I just I think it depends on whether you have the head for it, and I haven't decided if I do or not. I guess I'll I'll let you know as, as time goes on i'll say a seven but thus far has been pretty popular yeah i would say a seven too i think that this was pretty much a success and it's, it's a, a good game solid which, game and it's a game that we'll definitely play again uh hoping that i ever can actually win it so mm-hmm. um so we'll see about that but in any case a seven out of ten for arcana make sure you check it out definitely i think it's only like 18 20 bucks yeah so it's pretty it's fairly cheap okay the third game that we're going to talk about i guess you know then i think we should go into dominion because that'll be a good segue okay so the third game is dominion you can find this at at boardgamegeekagain.com. If you go there and search for Dominion, you will find it. This actually came out last year. And and this has was a been, big deal. It's a big deal and has been very successful. In fact, I think it's currently ranked on Board Game Geek. Let me see. It's currently ranked seventh um, out of this, all it, board did games. Did it have like good... PR? I mean, why was this... It, it, this was like one of the games to buy at Gen Con this year. I, I think, well, for, so it came out last year, and I think the reason that it's gotten so much attention is that it was an unusual mechanic. The whole idea of having a deck-building game in the first place mm-hmm. made it kind of an unusual mechanic, and the way they interact with each other is different mm-hmm. uh, than a lot of games. Dominion is based on the theory that, again, like Arcana, you're building a deck, but here you're not bidding on cards. Each thing that you play allows you to play other cards, and over time, those cards will 
will allow you to gain money and and influence money and uh, authority power which will allow you to buy um what you're ultimately trying to do which is to buy provinces and land basically you're the ruler a of a small kingdom and right. kingdom right. you're a ruler of a small kingdom and you're trying to build a bigger kingdom and so you play your cards in an effort to get more points uh victory points essentially so that you can gain them and then use them at the end of the game to see whether you won or not right you you have victory points and you have gold cards right and with your gold cards you can buy things that you can then use to build your city right but then in the end the only thing that matters are those victory cards so you have to at different times decide okay i'm going to buy one of those cards that's going to help me continue to build or is this an instance where i'm going to buy one of those victory cards right because the victory cards in the in and of themselves during the game are useless exactly which is one of the things that clea and i exactly. kind of had a problem with in the game because one of the nice things about arcana as we said is that i, I don't think we actually mentioned that the way to win arcana did we is by getting the most point value from the cards mm-hmm. but the nice thing there is that if you go after a card that has point value it also has it's an also effect use- in the game too exactly. so it's not just just taking up space right whereas here if you you know build your deck and you get a lot of victory point cards it could ultimately be that you would find a hand where, with a lot of victory point cards and you can't do anything with them during the game itself so right. then it just kind of becomes a wasted hand right and i think part of what people have said about this as well that means that you have to balance your thought about what you're doing at the end of the game than what you're mm-hmm. doing at the beginning of the game but in practice i think what happens is that if you're good at it and i actually have and i have won this game <laughs> several times thankfully yes. one of the things that i discovered is that if you work on building your deck and making it very effective within the game what happens is towards the end of the game you have a lot of power and then you just start basically buying victory points like they're going out of style so it feels to me like there's a very distinct stage where people just start buying up victory points that to me sort of is a little artificial because it's more or less just kind of waiting until you know you have enough money and authority to just like go buy these things out it's not like you're really balancing it against the game it's that you know like oh should i do this now or not it's that you're waiting for the right moment to go buy all these things and i've actually only played this game once right Um, we need to play it again and i and i have have to say i don't know if it affected it that i had played a game that justin's designing first right and so i i don't know if and i and i really liked justin's game and so i don't know if that influenced me somewhat to be a little bit biased against this game because i liked justin's game a little bit better so I don't know if I was a little biased against right. this. Um, and his game was inspired by this, he right. says. And, and I, I think that, you know, I agree that it is better than this. But part, and there's a couple of reasons to that. I mean, number one, uh, this is produced by Rio Grande Games, by the way. And it's originally designed by a guy named Donald Vaccarino. And it's a little... It's a little dull, again, theme-wise, I find. Yes. I mean, it's very kind of generic medieval. Yes. You know, yes. you can buy a village, and then you can buy a market, and then yes. you can buy a blacksmith. But there's nothing that you're like, oh, you know, like, yes. uh, there's nothing that really engages you mm-hmm. in the characters of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that means that, that makes it a little generic, whereas, you know, I don't, I can't get into more detail about Justin's game. I didn't want game, to give but, any specifics. But the point is game. just that Justin's game is, is more than that. So right. there, the, Dominion, you know, doesn't have that benefit. And uh, that, so there's a, there's a kind of generic quality to it now the nice thing about it is there's lots and lots of different kinds of cards yes and you rotate them into the game so you'll use let's say 10 different kinds of cards in one game the next game you could use 10 different kinds of cards yes. the problem though that is that in the one game so the one game where you choose 10 cards 
everyone has the same 10 cards available to them. So after a while, you just start buying cards. Like, you know, as we played, we would say, okay, we're going to buy these six cards, and we would ignore four other cards. So everyone all of a sudden was playing, like, three villages, two markets, four blacksmiths. Oh, look, of my fourth blacksmith. You know, and it just, it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel as if you're really constructing anything unique. Mm -hmm. It just kind of feels like you're seeing how much of the same resource that everyone else has you can buy, too. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I I didn't like how... <clears throat> there was much as much diversity of options to play. Yeah, and I do think that bothered me a little bit. And also, there's a lot of shuffling. Oh. A lot <laughs> of shuffle. A lot of shuffling. Um, which makes me wonder how long the cards are going to hold up. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they said, oh, we well, can just put them in sleeves. I'm like, oh, so that's something else you have to buy. Oh, yeah, then, the but, magic thing. Um, Stupid sleeves. Now, um, the other thing I want to mention is that this game is not particularly interactive. There are some things that allow you to interact with other people, but it's very much more kind of people playing individually i guess sort of and it's a race to see who gets the you know who gets the most points or at what time so some of the expansions that they have dominion intrigue seaside those game those expansions which are coming out this year supposedly change a little bit the game where they make it more interactive and that's not exactly like a house rule i mean they're expanding the game and maybe that will change it so i can't comment on that might make it better um but but it's and there are even some cards within the original dominion that we haven't played with yet that may do that but I just felt like I think the mechanic is a really interesting mechanic like Arcana, but I kind of feel like Arcana has got a better grasp on how to make that concept um, really work for you, really work, not feel enjoyable. as if you've got dead turns right. and not feel as if you're playing something faceless. I mean, I suppose there are some people who will see the fantasy stuff in Arcana and say, I don't like fantasy. So I guess Dominion, therefore, is less offensive. Like, I don't mean offensive, but it's less, it's not going to turn anyone off. Like, no one is going to go, oh, I hate villages, right? I mean, like, but at the same time, <laughs> no one's going to go, I hate villages. But no one's going to go, oh, let me go get that village because that's really cool either. Yeah, you know what I mean? that cool guy with the pumpkin head. Exactly. And that guy's cool so um so i think dominion is a, is a good game that could have been better um five, six and yeah i would say a five or a six I, I don't know what do you think it did kind of set the trend for this last year so yeah you know i mean i could say a six and i guess a six because i do think it's getting a little bit of a cut in my mind because of this other game yeah it's been already surpassed. just you wait till this game of his comes out boy it's, it's been good. already surpassed that's right which i don't think is entirely fair so okay a six all right so a six out of ten for dominion again if you've had a chance to try it please let let us know that would be interesting to find out okay the last game that we've got on the docket for tonight this is the sort of semi-cheating birthday game. present it is my birthday present and it is called runebound and uh this can be found at the uh, website of the publisher called fantasy flight games if you go to fantasy flight games f-a-n-t-a-s-y-f-l-i-g-h-t-g-a-m-e-s.com and uh, do a search for runebound you will find the game Runebound is a fantasy board game, and uh, I have to say, first of all, that Runebound was, according to the designers, inspired by Talisman. Talisman has long been my favorite favorite board game, game. but I have to say that, you know, I can see this surpassing it, because Runebound takes what was good about Talisman and, in some ways, makes it even better. The premise of it is that you've got this, this fantasy board game with forests and mountains and land and things like that and towns, and you become one of many several heroes that you pick 
Republic, whose job is to sort of go forth and depending on the particular version that you're playing, we're playing the base version. So our, your job is to become powerful enough to defeat the Dragon Lord, whose name is Margath. And the cool thing about the game is that as you go through, you have these encounters, which uh, you encounter traps and uh, characters and people, and you can encounter monsters that you have to fight, and you there are events that happen that affect the entire board. There are things that happen that make it more difficult to hire allies. You can get items and things like that. So it really is very much as if you are building up your character. And one of the things I love about this game is that you're telling a story. I mean, you're literally putting together a narrative, and the flavor text, the text that goes on the cards where it sort of gives you some quotes or it sort of describes the thing that you're seeing, that really, to me... Provides your theme. It provides the theme, and it gives it a certain kind of atmosphere that I really like. Additionally, the, the game is sort of elegant in that it's constructed in such a way, like, for example, the movement dice. When you roll these movement dice, each movement die has several symbols on it, and a symbol corresponds to a space on the board. So if you roll a mountain, it means you can go into a mountain space. If you don't roll a mountain, then you can't go into that space. Logical. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting because it makes it different than just, oh, I rolled a six, so I get to go up to six spaces. It's more unusual than that. You get to actually think about how you're going to want to go to a place. Right. And you can actually be thinking about that while other people are ready to go. Plus, I like the way that they construct combat. I like the fact that each encounter that you face, and this is maybe the neatest thing, at the beginning of the game, you normally face what they call green encounters, which are the simplest, easiest ones. But as you become more powerful, you get the ability to get more skill, more strength, or more life, or something like that. And it means that you're able to take on more difficult challenges. It is a little um, D&D-ish, and you actually get to kind of build up your character level dungeons and, and dragons for those of you who are not sorry. an initiated group <laughs> just pointing out so, yeah, so th- th- there is that aspect of you could actually do it yeah it's noticeably different like i actually i was the first one to take on a purple encounter it goes green yellow purple red and when i took on a purple i mean i won but that was no joke that purple um it was kind of scary are so. difficult and you can lose but you don't not everything's impossible it's not like necro in that way right and the other thing is that you're there's you can affect other people but you don't have to. You can also sort of work together right. even semi-cooperatively. And at the very end of the game, actually, Clea ended up winning, but it was close. I mean, she, she um, ended up winning. Yeah, well, you did. I won, Greg. You won the game. There's you no did. Ended but up winning. I won. You lucked in. You know, she backed into a I, win. Oh, see, that's where it she, came she out. tripped over a the tree branch and it. fell into a win. Uh-huh. No, no, that's not true. No, I, I was mm. not annoyed in the, with this win as I was with the Arcana wins, where I just felt like I was. I couldn't understand why I was losing. Here, I saw what happened, and it was. You know, she. Both of us did a good job, and you know, she she pulled it out and did did a good job with her allies and her weapons and so <laughs> forth. And it was enjoyable because even though I lost, I felt like a it was close, and b we. Beat beat the main guy like technically mm-hmm. we both could have lost mm-hmm. and i guess you would have won based on whether you lost less or something but you right. you know to him but you know my point so we ended up winning the other thing that we used which was important was they have a thing called a doom track which as you go through the game when you draw cards you basically move the doom track forward and what that does is when the doom track raises reaches a certain point the end of the game starts so it's not like you just keep running around forever for hours and hours and hours and hours until you're ready to fight there are things to make the game slightly different there's like how many different expansions are there? Greg? Oh my god! There's like uh, so. There's like maybe six. Three. I bought a couple. Yeah. There's like six or seven expansions which are just added into the original deck. But then there's also expansions. One of the nice things about this is it's a flexible system. So there are a couple of expansions that allow you to change the end game. So there's one where you mm-hmm. have to beat giants instead of beating mm-hmm. this dragon lord. And there's another one where the cities of the uh, board have been destroyed and you need to build new cities and things like that. By the way, and I there are even big box at Amazon. 
Right, right. And there are big box ones, too, like Sands of Al-Kalim, where you have to go around the board and you're actually building your legacy as a storyteller in addition to everything else. So do they it's add, a very flexible system. Do they add boards? Yeah, the Sands of Al-Kalim adds a board, and so adds does the board Isle of... board or a new board? It's a new board. Actually, well, it like, is an overlay, so it goes on top of the other board. Okay, good. And so it's not like Talisman where you have 50 million boards? No, I think they only have three total, because there's like this, Sands, but, but, and then but, I mean, it's Island not like Dread. Talisman where you, in that game, you use... Oh, no, 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 no. You're just using right. one of the boards at right. a time. Yeah, right. that's right. Um, yeah, I think this definitely tops Talisman for me. I mean, because... Can you say why? Because I love oh Talisman God, and this stuff. Talisman but... would be so annoying. It... Talisman had a little bit of that quality. We're like, are you kidding me? And you get stuck and then you have to go out this thing. Oh, God, now I'm in the fruit loop land. Where's that land where you're like, you're in space? No, to the ta- timescape. And, stuck and you know, I met the guy who did two of those expansions, you know. I met the guy who did uh, Dungeon and the City. Um, Anyways, I mean, this thing so. is like, you don't get stuck places. I mean, there's there's... There are turns where you're like, shoot, I guess I can't do that. But it's not like you get stuck places for like five, six turns. Exactly. And you know the other thing? I, a lot of people complain about the downtime. I think having the Doom track that we added, you know, yeah, we made sure that we played that. helps. But I also felt like, I don't know, I, part of it is, you, I guess if you're the kind of person who's constantly tapping your feet and, unco- and you know impatient and wanting to get to your turn next, then maybe this isn't the turn for you. But what I liked about it was watching what Clea encountered, and then oh, you found this giant or something, and then I would, and then Clea, I would encounter yeah. something, and Clea would. It's like you're experiencing the story together. Yeah, I wasn't, which I wasn't I, too annoyed. Yeah, because I, I felt I felt the the turns didn't entail a lot of different things. I mean, they all happened fairly quickly. Yeah, so I thought so too. I didn't find that annoying. I thought so too. And I liked, you know, so I liked that fact. And the only thing I found annoying was this again is like a game that's going to go on for hours. We had to play it over the course of three nights. But I think that's also, lives. but we hadn't also played, we hadn't played it before. I feel like we would be able to do, you know, no, Greg, make no. that more faster. You always say that. No, it's going to, it's something that you have to play like over the course of a day. I have heard people tell me that, you know, they say that you can play this up to six players, but that honestly, playing more like up to four is more reasonable just because you know of the the different things that you have to do you know given the course of the game so um but i like it a lot i you know i'm really looking forward to playing it again soon clea's promised we can play again soon and i'm really looking forward to that because i think this may become my my favorite one of my favorite games in the end plus you can also play it solo by the way which is Mm -hmm. something you can't really do with talisman unless you want to be dumb like i'm the troll no i'm the (laughs) wizard no i'm the you know i don't have i don't have the split personality gene where i can just do that you know and pretend that i'm this guy and that guy right, so it's so pretty neat so uh i would say an eight yeah i really liked room i was very happy I, I thought it would be good and it turned out to be good the yeah, one drawback right. i want to mention is that visually it looks good except that the board i think is a little it's okay but it's not great whereas the talisman board is really interesting i think whereas the room bound <laughs> oh board is right a little bit, right yeah no it's not as pretty it's and not artistic as pretty. with different designs and stuff as the talisman board but is. the characters are neat and the yeah. card and the yeah. art on the card is too yeah. cards are good too so yeah. so definitely check that out room bound eight out of ten all right, so that's going to do it for us. As you can see, we had some fun at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Gaming was fun. And uh, if you guys have favorite board games that you want to share with us, please let us know. Or a board game you'd like us to review. Or if you're a board game company that wants to send us <laughs> games that we can review them. So that's going to be it for us. Uh, we will see you guys very soon with our next episode. And until then, upon further review, I'm Greg. I'm Clea. See you soon. The proceeding was a presentation of Upon Further Review, hosted at www.furtherreview.net. As usual, all rights are reserved. If you liked what you heard, please vote for us at podcastalley.com, vitalpodcast.com, and add us to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com. You can leave us a comment at www.furtherreview.net, 
Drop us a line at a pawn at furtherreview.net or give us a phone call or send a fax to 206-339-UFR1. That's 206-339-8371. And lastly, don't be afraid to express your opinions. We know you have them. Let them out. Feel the power. Or you could just blindly accept whatever we tell you is fact. That'll work. Pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo!